You're listening to the Northfield Podcast with your host, Caleb Gordon, where faith, family, and culture all collide with a biblical worldview. Hang on and buckle up. You're about to enter the Northfield Nation. Hey, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program where faith, family, and culture all collide with a biblical world view. Hey, want to just invite you all to be a part of the Built to Conquer conference that's coming up February 24th. We've got seven different speakers that are going to just give you all kinds of biblical insight from the text. So excited for this. It's going to be at the historic Constantine Theater in Husca, Oklahoma. You do not want to miss out on this. It's going to be a fantastic day. Um, tickets right now, if you buy them online, they're 5 bucks, And if you buy them at the door, they're $10. Still, that's not bad for a conference. It's going to be fantastic. Um, seven different local pastors pouring into the community and sharing the hope of the gospel in a broken culture. It's going to be a fantastic day. Um, so, man, I'm looking forward to today's interview. Um, I've got Dr. Everett Piper. He is a former university president. He is a dear friend of mine. And he has written a couple different books. He has got a, a, a national newspaper, newspaper column. He's got a radio program. And he's he's got his hands in all different kinds of things. And so I want to sit down and talk to him about all kinds of different things that are happening in culture today. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Pray that it encourages you um, and it spurs you on for this week. Welcome to the Northfield Podcast, Dr. Everett Piper. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. You doing? I'm I mean, are you behaving? That's the question. Do you think I'm behaving? Oh, that's not for me. You misunderstood. You misunderstood. That's a very evasive answer. I, I think I'm behaving. Okay. Um, my, last I checked, my wife said I was doing well. You know, your dad charged me to keep track of you. He, I, he did. He's, okay. That was part right. of dad's So how thing. much do you want to talk about this on camera? I mean, we, could, we can go as long as we want. I mean, we got the 40-minute window here, so we can take the whole 40 minutes. Yeah, and you're also in charge of the editing afterwards. <laughs> hey, I don't edit typically. I just dump it and call it good. Typically was the key word typically, in that, in that typically. sentence. Typically. Okay. like that. All right. Man, I uh, you've been on the podcast this will be number three. Is it? Yeah. Couldn't the, remember. The last two times I came to your house, and the first time we did it in that shed. Oh, it's did that, we really? We did it in the shed on, there was a man cave. The man cave. That yeah, was it. It was the yeah, man cave. Yeah, I had that. You know where that came from? <laughs> I bought a rental property up there about two blocks south of the college campus. Really nice. Uh, a Conical Phillips guy had bought a 2,400 square foot brand, excuse me, uh, ranch home, brick, completely gutted it, renovated it. It was brand new, like your house is brand new right now. Yeah. I bought that as rental property and it had a, the guy was a, a good craftsman. He was he had his own wood shop out in the backyard. So when I bought that as rental property, I thought, well, I own this little building now. So why don't I hire somebody to move it? So I moved that out to my little postage stamp of ranch land out there in Osage County. And yeah. I used it as my man cave for a couple of years. Um, I put a... It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I had a wood-burning stove. I had kerosene lamps. Mm -hmm. I kept my guns out there. My dogs mm -hmm. would go out and we'd kick around on the weekends. And I didn't remember that our first uh, time. That was our very first time doing doing a podcast. I would just... I was freshly into the podcast world. And yeah. Good stuff. Now, now I've added video to it so people can see our faces. I'm sure, I'm sure people are really excited about that. Well, I'm 
I apologize for my appearance. So you, I, I you look manly. Didn't get, you look, I didn't get fantastic. dressed up. Yeah, and I'm really dressed up too. Look okay. at me. I got a hoodie on. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. So you were you were university president for years. Seventeen years. Seventeen years. Um, I remember when you first came in. Um, I was <laughs> I worked for a little organization called the Youth Canteen. And your wife was on that on that board, mm -hmm. and that was sort of kind of how we you came to some function with her, and don't remember and we, but probably that, yeah. uh, that's and then Dad had told me, hey, you, you got to meet Everett, you got to meet Doctor Piper, and I said I'll I'll do, he's coming over to this thing, and I'll I'll introduce myself, and so you we introduced our, ourselves, and I said let's go let's go eat lunch, and where'd we, we go? You took me to Sterling's. Jeez, I was. You took me to Sterling. Spending more money on you than I. Did. I know, right? You took me to Sterling's. It was it was a fancy fancy lunch, and uh, I probably put it on a college tab. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't know. I just you took me to lunch. It was really great. It was right. a fantastic time. I had a great conversation, um, and I, and I have, um, I have enjoyed our friendship over the last. I mean, we've we, seventeen years. Holy smoke! That's well, maybe longer maybe. than that. Now it's yeah. I mean, I was college president for 17 years. I've been retired for um, five. So we're we're over 20. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. 17 are, plus five is... Are we? What? 22. 20 what? <laughs> it's that government education. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, so retirement has... You've not... Oh, you, I, I just switched gears. I mean, retirement... I, I was 59 when I decided that we'd had a good ride at Oklahoma Wesleyan. I think I've talked to you before on your show, if not on your show, at least personally. My philosophy of leadership is you always uh, lead when they want, excuse me, leave when they want more of you rather than less. In other words, don't overstay your welcome. And well, the average tenure for a college president is 5.2 years. 5.2 years? 5.2 years. It's a little bit more than pastors. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's, <laughs> there's, there's similar roles. There's a lot of controversy. You're trying to manage competing constituencies by definition sure there's the question of who's in charge is it the head pastor is it the the board is it the deacons is yep. it the elders is it the youth pastor is it the mom <laughs> is it the family that paid for the organ yeah. i mean that's the nature of the beast with churches and leadership and this and a similar environment plays out in colleges yeah. is it the faculty staff the board the church the donor the parent the student it sure isn't that ornery old president. He's not in charge. No, so no. that dynamic is there. And that's probably why the average tenure for uh, college presidents is very short. So when, you know, we had uh, 17 years in running, uh, pushed 18 years. And I thought, you know, I'm 59. This has been a great ride. God's been gracious. It's been a good, uh, we've got lots of successes that we can check the box on. Uh, zero debt, almost tripled enrollment, almost tripled re revenue, built a new library, three new dorms, the school of business, a new gymnasium, et cetera. And I thought, hand my successor something that's uh, a blessing rather than a curse. Sure. So I started thinking about when I wanted to retire. And I thought, well, I'm writing for the Washington Times. I love that. God's been gracious to give me a speaking platform. I love that. Um, and uh, we loved our property out there that you've been on. So we mm -hmm. built very a nice house farm. out there and we went out there and I proved I wasn't very smart. I bought, bought horses and cows and uh, was writing and speaking, put out a couple books, not a daycare and then grow up. Yep. 
Um, and then some people started calling me and asking me to help solve some political dysfunction over in Osage County. Just so I decided to help with that. So that that you live in the Osage County uh -huh. and and you you ran for county commissioner, mm -hmm. won that. Yeah, uh, I'm fortunate enough. Yeah, I to I, win. I I helped on that campaign. And it was did. fun, and, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it was a blast. We had a blast on that. Um, so it, it came out in the news that you're stepping down from that role. What yeah. uh, what's where what are you well, doing? Here's here's the thing. If people remember when I was campaigning for that, I was asked, "Why do you want the job?" And I said, "I don't." Um, okay. Okay. Here's fact, what I will say. Dad always used to say this because I had a buddy that sat down with him one day and said, I'm, "I think God's called me to be a pastor." And Dad said, "If you can get out of it, get out of it. Because if you can get out of it, you weren't called." Hmm. And so he he always said, "Try try to never get positions of leadership." When he when he was city manager. It, they twisted his arm for months. Well, he did not want the job. Another angle on the same um, story is I always looked for people that were willing to do the job rather than wanted the job. Sure. If somebody is so hungry for the job that they can't see straight, I don't want. I don't want. Sure. I want the reluctant leader rather than the blind, ambitious leader. Um. So when people would ask me why I was running for county commissioner, uh, and and I'd say because some people called me up and asked me to try to fix some problems. There's dysfunctional leadership in play right now. Uh, the model of leadership over there in District 1 in Osage County is broken. Yeah. Some people called me and asked me to fix that by winning the election. Which so, you did. So we won the election and we replaced what was broken and dysfunctional with hopefully the opposite. Um, so. That was the goal. Mm -hmm. And once you've accomplished that major part of the task, then I think good leadership starts looking for a long-term solution. And I've made it very clear while I was running, I am not the long-term solution. I do not want to be, and I do not feel called to be. If I'm the correction, great, vote for me, and I'll correct some things. We'll go in a completely different direction in terms of leadership philosophy yeah. and leadership model. We'll, we'll treat people with integrity. We'll honor them. I don't care whether you voted for me or not. You're going to get the same respect and the same services. You know, the political um, uh, retaliation and payback stuff, that's over. Yeah. We're not going to participate in gossiping and the petty nonsense. We're just not going to do that. And by the way, I've brought in a first deputy who everybody and their brother said should have run for the job in the first place because he's the rightful commissioner of District 1 Osage County and his name's Anthony Hudson. So Anthony was the first decision I made on day one, right after I was sworn in, Anthony walked into the office with me. And Anthony is a good man. He's an honest man. He treats people well. He loves his staff and his staff loves him. It became apparent to me on day one. Yeah. Anthony's the guy. So I need to figure out a way to manage this so that you've got a long-term solution to your leadership needs in Osage County District 1. Anthony's 51. Um, if he became your county commissioner today, you'd probably have him for another 15, 20 years. And that would be very healthy for the county to have stable leadership that is honorable. So why in the world should I hang around when we've already found the solution, yeah. long-term solution? That's... Um, and by doing it in a presidential election year, that's wise. Yeah. Because it doesn't disenfranchise anyone because everybody and their brother is going to show up and vote in this presidential election season. Sure. So putting the Osage County District 1 
election in the same election calendar uh, will result in a lot more citizens voting rather than less, and therefore their vote, voice will be heard. That's so. Yeah, it sounds solid. I know some people are probably disappointed that I didn't fulfill the whole term, but if they would have listened to me while I was running, they shouldn't be surprised. I said, look, I'm not the permanent solution. Yep. I'm the correction. And let's figure out who I should be handing the baton to once we've corrected some of the dysfunction that uh, has been so problematic for District 1. Yeah. And so, and things have, things have turned around over there. Things oh. have, have been uh, gone better. Well, ask the, ask the folks. Um, sure. Are they getting product on their roads? Are they getting gravel on their roads? Uh, is there any hint of political retaliation? Um, or is everybody being treated the same with fairness and, and, and respect? Uh, is the fairgrounds better? Uh, is it is it being maintained I've and heard repaired? Good, I've heard good things well, from people I know. When I took over, there were black garbage bags over the urinals in the men's restrooms at the fairgrounds because they hadn't fixed them. They'd, so rather than fix them, they put a black garbage bag over it. I mean, my land. Come on. Uh, <laughs> said, come on. The, the kitchen in the indoor arena was so filthy, it was almost unusable. Hadn't been cleaned. Um, the showers in the indoor arena uh, were broken, some of them. Wow. Um, the place was trash. In fact, the first event that we had out there, we wanted to make sure it was clean. Sure. So my entire staff was out there. And I was out there with them, too. I figured if they're going to have to clean up this mess, so do I. Yeah. So I was crawling around on my hands and knees underneath the stadium seating in the indoor arena, picking up beer bottles, uh, you know, broken glass, trash that hadn't been cleaned up for months. In the bucking chutes and pens at the north end of the arena, I'm sure that there was, was nice. broken glass um, it, it, for the horses and cows. That's not a good match. No, that's not a good so match. So we've cleaned up all that. You drive through the fairgrounds now, it's clean. There's no trash all over the place. Uh, we've got room to improve. In fact, we're scheduling... We've put it out for bid, and as soon as we get the bids in, we'll probably invest another hundred thousand plus in new bucking chutes and pens nice. for the outdoor arena. So that you know, there's a nine hundred and fifty thousand dollar cash accrued account for the fairgrounds. Use some of it. I'm not saying I'm a conservative. I don't want to spend every dime. Yeah, sure. But use some of it to fix for the, the right place. things. Yeah, it's it's your fairgrounds. It should be decent. It should be clean. It should be functional. So we've we've done that. The annex. Um, uh, they had they had voted to incur some debt, um, a bond, a ten and a half million bond for the annex, a co the construction of a courthouse annex, and it was way out of scope. I I looked at the drawings and I thought there's no way. So I I brought in a guy that has been involved in commercial construction for years, and I had him evaluate that project. And we quickly, in consulting with other architects and other owners, reps, and whatnot, we could see that it was about $3 million out of scope. Yeah. Well, where are you going to get? You've got a $10.5 million bond, um, and you're designing a building that's $3 million over. Uh, where are you going to get the money? <laughs> so we were, no, we're going to build a building it, that's within budget. Yeah. So we've got that down to within scope, a guaranteed maximum price of a building between 18 and 19,000 square feet to meet the needs of the county there. And it won't it won't go a dime over. So that's fantastic. So yeah, there's some, and then hopefully there's some been some other changes that I think people recognize. Sure. Um, but bottom line, we just we're going to treat people well, not, which I think isn't that the golden rule? I mean, it's, yeah, treat people the way you want to be treated, and if and if you know nobody likes to be treated poorly, 
So yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So what's what's your plans now? If you're if once you're stepping down, what what's what's the next phase? What, well, what another reason I've decided now is the right time is personal, and that is uh, the Washington Times, who, who I write for, yep, has asked me to double my workload there. They want more, and um, so I'm writing an additional column for them. It's actually titled "Ask Doctor E." It's um, it's kind of a Dear Abby and okay. Landers type column. Yep, where I take questions and I respond to that. So it's a totally different format. Um, the question is is listed, and then I just respond to the question, and that okay. comes out midweek on Wednesdays. Nice. And uh, then I do my weekend column for the Washington Times, which comes out anytime between Friday and Sunday, whenever they decide to release it. Wow. Um, speaking, speaking gigs. In fact, I'm heading out to. Jack Hibbs is uh, Calvary Chapel in in Chino Hills to speak out there again. Really, uh, heading out there in April. I, I'm a I I like Jack Hibbs. Oh, he's got a great operation going on. He he's, he's biblically sound. He really is. Um, I friend of mine. Uh, I don't you know if you know Dave Melhoff. Um, mm -hmm. So he he um, he turned me on to Jack Hibbs through through a a talk from Seth Gruber. Yeah, I know Seth. Seth and, and I are Seth going to be on the podcast next month. Yeah, and. Keep him in under control. Oh wow, he's he's wild. He's it's the first oh, time he's I fearless. Oh, fearless. he is. The yeah. first time I saw him, he spoke at Jack Hibbs Church. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he spoke at Oklahoma West. Well, he came to Oklahoma Wesleyan for a pro life deal. At I didn't know that. I wish yeah. I'd known who he was back then. I would have yeah. loved to have seen him. But yeah. if you need somebody to go with you out to Jack's place, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go. Well, hey, yeah, who's this? This is Charlie. Charlie's decided to come. Charlie, go. you're a city dog. You should be embarrassed. You've decided this is my wife's dog. So <laughs> I got, he's decided to come join the podcast today. Yeah. So here, yeah. hop down, buddy. You've got a he's, I bet. He's, he's out of control. I bet Charlie's a Democrat. I think my 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 brother, you, you sound now you sound like my brother because he sees it. He he calls does Charlie contribute anything to the household? No, he does nothing other, other than, than his existence. His existence and makes my wife feel good about life. So okay, well, that's, if I offended any of your listeners, well, I apologize. I don't care. You might you might offend my wife, but she'll get over it. because everybody gives her a hard time about this dog. I like him too, but I mean yeah, it is good, what it is. You're a good dog. This is what happens when you drop your son off at college. And your wife's, your first son, your first first kid out of the house, first kid in college. We're coming back through Arkansas, and we stopped at this pet store, and she saw this dog. She's like, "Can we?" It was a separation anxiety. I don't know what you want to want to call it. She uh, just, I mean, well, you're a lucky boy. <laughs> it was wild. Lucky dog. And by the way, both our boys, and I, I want to say thank you to you for a turning us on to College of the Ozarks, mm -hmm. and b writing their you, you wrote letters for my, for my sons i did i don't know how and much that but uh i don't know if that worked but they they both got in so well colleges i'm asked today what colleges uh are true to their mission and college of the, of the ozarks is one of the first three out of my mouth Hillsdale college college of the ozarks and new saint andrews university oh. up in moscow Idaho. those colleges are worth your money yeah you get what they tell you they're giving you yeah uh, there's no political correct spin behind nope. the four color brochure that they show show you is accurate. It's it true. Is. So I, I met all those guys. Um, I went to Fight Left Feast in mm -hmm. October, and I mm -hmm. met all the guys from Cross Politic, all the Doug Wilson. I met them all in person. It they're, was, they're good men. Up good, there. good guys. So yeah. it was fantastic. I had a couple. I've had a couple of them on the podcast as well. So, mm. so you're writing, speaking. Um, 
doing you got your own radio show podcast as podcast well? the rebellion i took a break during this county commissioner stuff because i, I was having to get up every day at three o'clock to do that show get it in the can so the radio station in oak mulgee could air it uh, uh this is i gotta take a vacation on the podcast but i'm gonna start it up probably next week i'm gonna start it back up again. start back up okay got so about 700 what was it 704 episodes uh archived on that so nice. we'll, we'll start out with number 705 705 yeah. great so okay we are in a political year election year what do you what, what's your uh what's your gut tell you for this year's election cycle um i don't think there's a snowball's chance in texas that uh joe biden is going to be the democrat nominee. i don't either there's no way every it, it well what's his name uh the guy that Oh, I can't remember his name. He he was part of Trump's campaign. He came out at a seat at a, some conservative thing and said, this was back middle of last year, said, I want you to hear this. Michelle Obama is going to be the nominee. And well, now they're and now all these other people are starting to make these rumblings of, oh, it might be Michelle. It might be Michelle. It might be Michelle. What do you think? Well, it irritates me that, you know, all the conservatives are at you. Know, they show the polls between Donald Trump and Joe Biden is is Donald Trump. Uh, electable well yes he is because he can beat joe biden he's up by four points he's up by this he's up yeah. by that he's not going to be running against joe biden yeah uh, it's a total distraction um there is no way that joe biden is going to be the democrat nominee and you can start to see that the democrat machine is starting to leak negative information yep. about joe biden and that's the sure tell that they're gonna either push him out or if he won't go um I think ultimately they're going to say, we don't care. You either go or we'll run somebody against you at the convention. We'll have a brokered convention. Now the question is who? Um, Ted Cruz agrees that they're going to parachute in Michelle Obama. Um, others will argue it's going to be Gavin Newsom, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a bad, if Gavin I, Newsom is awful. Yeah, but he's a consummate politician. He knows how to lie. He does. He knows how to lie and he knows how to get reelected. Time and again in California by line. Um, I mean, who would want to live in that Orwellian mess that they've got out there right now? There's more. It's just weird because there's an there's been an influx of Californians mm -hmm. here in town. I've noticed that just going to going to the store, going to Walmart, going to you know around. I'm like, these folks aren't. It's a reverse dust bowl. It really is. I mean, they're coming from California to Oklahoma rather than the yeah. other way around. And yeah. It's political dust bowl as opposed to an actual. Uh, uh, weather event um it's wild yeah and my 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 youngest son kobe and his wife caroline live out in california right now because he works for prager u oh, okay he's one of their producers nice. prager u. so and that's where prager is so they they have to live out there california's a great place in terms of weather and the opportunities for recreation sure and, but the political environment and the expense do you know how much my for a for an apartment that as big as this room well, not much <laughs> 2300 bucks a month for an apartment that is I'm, insane yeah and it's it's not a terrible it's a, it's a nice complex but it's not i mean he could spend more he could spend yeah, more sure. than 2300 bucks a month well sure that's but that's still for an apartment and gas is what six bucks a gallon and i mean it's just crazy that's why did you know i mean i don't want to get off on california too much but if it is gavin newsom we need to be thinking about this that the insurance companies um farmers farm bureau bureau and um one other insurance company i was I, I was listening yesterday to the daily wire 
their insurance companies are starting to refuse to give you auto insurance or homeowners insurance at all in California. You can't get it. Wow. And you know the reason you can't get it? Why? Because there is a, uh, a state-imposed, a government-imposed cap on what the insurance companies can charge you for homeowners insurance. Oh. So the insurance companies There's are finally out. concluding we can't, uh, the cap is X, we can't make any money on that. So we're not going to even sell it to you. Good luck. Farmers has done it. Farm Bureau, Bureau has done it. And uh, the Harvard, or, or, or not the Harvard, um, the, the, the one with the elk, whatever that's called. Anyway, yeah. one of the other major uh, insurance company, companies has done that. Um, so yeah, government controlled, keeping prices down results in the companies saying, fine, you can control our prices, but you can't control where we do business. That's so, so we're going to take our business elsewhere. That is insane. So this house would be uninsurable. Why would Good you want, luck. Why would you want to live in places like this? Is this is the mindset that I, I people always ask? You know, my wife and I were talking in the car. Liberals always look like the the the, the head ones always look more sophisticated, and they make us out to be you know redneck morons. And I'm just thinking to myself, why would you want to be part of the group or part of the party? that wants to push the agenda to to cause your voters to go absolutely broke. Like I just I don't I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um it's uh it's bread and circuses. You go all the way back to the Roman Empire. Sure. Uh, um give give them bread, give them circuses in the Colosseum and you can placate the majority of the population so that they won't rebel. It's exactly what we're doing right now in the political arena. We're giving people bread and circuses. You're entertained on your iPhone or on your flat screen or the ball game. There's constant entertainment. Uh, there's constant distraction. And if you go to, to Huxley's Brave New World, it's the feelies. Do you remember in Brave New World, they controlled the population through Soma, which was a drug, and feelies, which was porn. So what, what everybody would do is they would go to work, do what they were told to do, but they would be drugged. And they would also be addicted to entertainment, i.e. porn, on yeah. some sort of technical device. Well, sure. today we have that device. You've it's called it right your iPhone. Literally in your hand. you got your feelies, and you also have your drugs. We've yeah. legalized marijuana and everything else so that you're in a constant stupor. And then the government has control of not only your daily functions in terms of the way you live and how you spend your money, but they've got control of your mind. Yeah. And that's where we are as a culture right now. Well, it, 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 it's wild because there's been times where I've wanted to say, I've, I've posted something and then I'm like, I, I rethink my, I'm like, oh, should I say that? Should I, and I'm like, no, these people are trying to control what I think. And when they mm -hmm. control what you think, they win. Right. And, and and when they control what you what you want to say, you know, I, I can't say that. Well, if I say that, then they're going to. Let's take my social media recently. You know, I've got uh, two, three Facebook pages. Yep. Uh, one's political, and that'll go away very soon. Political in the sense it was for my campaign. Sure. And the other two is the Dr. Everett Piper Facebook page, which is the public person personality page. And then I've got my personal page, Everett Piper. They're both around, well, um, one's around 9,000, the other one's around 5,000. Um, so all that said, I, you know, I'm not a big deal on social media, but I've got a few people that follow and care. Sure. Um, and I'm always posting alternative views that that are the alternative to the liberal um, uh, orthodoxy, the orthodoxy of the left. Well, one of the things I post is a challenge to global warming, yeah. climate change. Yeah. 
And this is a scientific discussion. It shouldn't be political at all. Let's just look at the data. I don't care whether you're left, right, center. It doesn't matter. Let's look at the facts, the data. Let's look at the longitudinal data with regard to temperatures. Does it coincide with sunspot activity, for example? You might want to know that. So when the sunspots are in greater activity, your Earth might be a little warmer, right? Sure. Well, the direct correlation with temp the Earth's temperatures is sunspot activity. Why not post that? Or let's talk about the economic consequences of some of the things we're doing with regard to our climate change agenda. Is right. it good or bad for poor people? Mm -hmm. uh, this is the kind of thing we should be discussing. Let's talk about energy policy with regard to global warming. Um, uh, what are the consequences of getting rid of fossil fuels and trying to go, you know, move toward 100% um, renewables, which is basically solar and wind, uh, as we understand it right now, because they talk about electricity, but where do we get our electricity right now? Yeah. Over 80% of our electricity is generated by what? Fossil fuels. Yeah. You don't just plug it into the wall. You got to have You're getting the electricity for your electric vehicle from fossil fuels. You're burning coal or natural gas in a local. But those are evil. You know that. But <laughs> I mean, it's, so it's crazy that we think that somehow electric cars are totally green, totally no, they're clean. Not. They're not. No, they're not. To the tune of 80% of the energy that you're getting to power that electric vehicle comes from coal or natural gas. Hmm. So when you bring that up on Facebook, guess what you get? Fact-checked. And the fact-checks are just... That's the reason I get fact-checked. And then I get a warning that says, if you keep doing this... Shut you down. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So then they're trying to control my mind. They're trying to control my voice. Well, I'm afraid I'll get shut down if I post something else on global warming that's critical of the orthodoxy of our time, the left-wing orthodoxy. Well, you've got to you've got to say who cares. Shut me down if you Shut want. Me but down. I'm, I'm going to continue to speak the truth. <laughs> and, I, I, and and here's what I I've come to in my own mind. We we think we're we think what we have to say is important, and for some and because of social media, it's now put, put us in a position where everyone does have some sort of a platform. Mm -hmm. and, and and that that reinvigorates us in our own minds that well, I'm important. Uh, people need to hear what I have to say. Yeah, right? how many clicks? Yeah, how many, how many hearts, how many likes, how many, whatever I yeah. can get. And, and it's, the truth is no, I, at the bottom of the, in a week, no one's going to care. Yeah. In, in a day, no one's going to, I mean, 24 hours, there's going to be something else that's going to come. No one cares that I have a podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, I do this because I like to do it. It's not because I'm looking for, um, validation from people i just like to have conversations that that with people i like people like that the people i have on my show are people that i would love to be friends with or mm -hmm. i am friends with and, and so i'm that's i don't understand our our whole mentality of what if, they shut, what if they shut my stuff down shut me down fame remember the song fame i want to live forever yeah it's this quest for immortality. It's the quest for fame. It's the quest for popular, popularity rather than caring about principles. We'll sacrifice all of our principles for popularity, for fame. Yeah. That's And that's a temptation that goes back to the original sin. Sure. In fact, you could argue that the original sin was grounded in a lot of what we're discussing right now. The, yep. the, the desire to be famous, meaning we're more important than God. Yeah. We want to supplant God. We want to become as God. And start making up our own rules, mm -hmm. uh, and that's what we're doing right now. Oh in yeah, culture. But when it comes to, you know, I, I said this in a sermon I think a couple of weeks ago. 
you, in essence, when you say, I know I was born a, a boy, but I want to be a girl. It, there's a desire in me to be a girl. What you're in essence saying is a bold statement and a stupid statement. God, you made a mistake. Yeah. Like, but we won't say that out loud that God made a mistake, but we'll say things like, I, I feel like I'm a girl. No, well, dummy. It, but stop and think what the evangelical church has bought into that has perpetuated that lie. Uh, how many times when you were growing up, did you hear God doesn't make mistakes? All the time. Yeah. Uh, in other words, if you've got feelings that need to be affirmed, then we're going to elevate that to the highest ethic, the highest virtue within the evangelical church. We're going to affirm you because you've got feelings. God doesn't make mistakes. Well, no, God doesn't make mistakes. Um, and your feelings don't matter. Okay, so we've twisted the truth of God not making mistakes to the point where rather than acknowledging the reality of God, the reality of biology, the reality of God's creation, the reality, reality of a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, or the reality of God's moral standards as outlined in the Ten Commandments, we've twisted all of that on its head. And we now say that if you have feelings that are contrary to any of those truths, well, your feelings are something that God would elevate over and above the reality of how he created you and all of creation, <laughs> and he doesn't make mistakes. It's a lie. Yeah. It's it's just, it's the reversal of truth, sure. and therefore, by definition, it's a lie. It is. It is. And, the, and it, this is the thing that I keep telling people all the time is we're falling for the exact same junk that Adam and Eve fell for Absolutely. That, that, have, that have been going on for over 6,000 years. And it's the same perpetual lie. Nothing new under this. Nothing side. new. And people are just as gullible and just as, as dumb as they were back then. Because we always, oh, I can't believe Adam and Eve would do that. Well, you're doing it right now. Oh, we're I doing it now. Or, or go with any of the narrative of Scripture, the arc of Scripture. I can't believe Adam and Eve would do that. They'd be that stupid. Well, how about the... The builders of the Tower of Babel. I can't believe they'd be that stupid to think that they could build, build something high enough to supplant God. Well, we're, it's it's exactly what we're doing right now. In fact, I've argued that within the academy, the ivory tower, the ivory tower has crumbled. The ivory tower is now the Tower of Babel. We don't make any sense even within colleges and universities any longer yeah. because we think our feelings matter more than the facts. Yeah. Uh, one of the most controversial things I think I've said is to quote Ben Shapiro and say, I don't care what your feelings are. The facts, the facts. don't care about your feelings. Yeah. Facts trump the way I feel. And here's what we've done it's in the in evangelical world, in the church, is nobody wants to be made out to be the monster that hates people. We we always want to be the, the person that, that is kind, that is that is generous, and and that is that is Christ-like. And that's those are those are all attributes of God, but God's primary attribute is his holiness. And if anything gets in the way of God's holiness, he will destroy it. He will eradicate it. His holiness is preeminent, and it's the most important thing. And what we've done in the church world and the evangelical world is we've made this this um, peace with this idea that I want to be the nice guy. And not and 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 the only way I can be nice is by affirming your lifestyle. Your if you're you want to jump in your transgender transition or your gay marriage or whatever. I don't want to be the monster, so I'm going to be like ever. You're you're okay. And, you're, and the key word in everything you just said is nice guy. Um, God, Jesus isn't going to be nice on no. Judgment Day. No, 
um, Jesus is going to be the judge on judgment day. And some of the judgments won't be nice. No. Uh, being nice, being affirming, being tolerant is not the highest biblical virtue. Hmm. You've heard me, we probably talked about it on your show. I can't remember. My challenge to Bill O'Reilly when I was on his show, he got into the issue of tolerance. And it's today's Valentine's Day. So this is very appropriate for me to remind everybody what I said to him when he asked me yeah. about the issue of tolerance. I said, Mr. O'Reilly, on Valentine's Day, did you send your wife an I tolerate you card? And he was quiet. <laughs> and I said, you probably didn't because it wouldn't have ended very well. Why? Because tolerance is an inferior virtue. Yeah. Tolerance says, I don't love you. I don't even necessarily like you, but I'll tolerate, tolerate you. you. It's not a compliment. No. But Christian charity, i.e. love, is a superior virtue. Right. Whereas tolerance says, I don't really care. Love says I care a great deal, enough to stand in your way and say, I won't enable you. I won't tolerate you. I will not affirm you. I will love you enough to tell you to stop. Yeah. And any good parent that's listening right now knows what I'm saying is true. Because when your toddler goes to touch a burning stove, what do you tell him? Stop. stop. Don't do that. If your kid is running around out in the road, what do you tell him? Get out of the Stop. Get out of the road. The Lord disciplines those he loves. And now you go a little bit further in that text. If he doesn't discipline you, then he may not love you. What kind of, because everybody, oh, we're all ch children of God. No, we're not. We're all creations of God. Right. There's only a select few of us that are right. God's children. Now you want to be a child. He's in the adoption business. Repent and believe. That's my calling. So there's my pastor. Right. <laughs> right? But, but exactly. And so many pastors won't say what you just said. You know, God loves everybody. Everybody's no, a child of God. You're a child of God. You're part of the body of Christ. When you confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you've repented of your sins, and you decide that you're going to turn 180 degrees, and you're going to become a new creation in Christ. Amen. Okay? Yeah. With the Holy Spirit's help, obviously. Yeah, you're a Baptist, so. you probably say, I don't have the ability to make any of those decisions. Your Wesleyan theology is giving me all that stuff. <laughs> the bottom line is we agree that repentance is a pre prerequisite yeah. to being a member of the body of Christ and the family of God. Amen. Uh, and yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, and as long as we're on it, I mean, this He Gets It campaign oh, that was part of the Super Bowl. I was getting ready to ask you about that. An unbiblical 100%. Jesus Christ. That is not Jesus Christ. When did Jesus ever wash anybody's feet but his disciples? His disciples. And, and the Catholic Church would argue it wasn't all 12, it was only 11, because Judas had left before Jesus decided, decided to do that. I don't know, I don't, but the bottom, the bottom line is... Only wash those that were his. Exactly. And the only person, or the only other reference in Scripture about anybody washing anybody's feet is what? Mary washing Jesus' feet. Yeah. Okay, so... This argument that Jesus is out there being nice, washing everybody's feet, nope. is not biblical. Nope, 100%. I, I had uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a guy named Tim Brugenkate on the podcast. Um, he's an apologist. And he said, he said the let, he gets this campaign equals he lets us. Yeah. And he, 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 he's going to let you do whatever you want to do, and he's still going to wash your feet, and he's still going to let you in. No, he's not. First of all, does Jesus get us in terms of understand us? Sure, sure he sure. does. He's God. He's omniscient. He understands everything. 
does Jesus get us in terms of, ah, you know, let me just wash your feet. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as it works for you. It doesn't matter if you are engaged in trans lifestyle. It doesn't matter if you're engaged in racial division because you're part of BLM. It doesn't matter if you, you know, fill in the blank. No, that's not Jesus. He does care about what we do. And if what we do and what we say is sin, he cares enough to tell us to stop. So Jesus saves us. He doesn't get us. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he forgives. We need to get him. He, yeah. Amen. Amen. We do. We need to get him. He doesn't need to get us. He, that's, I mean, I've always, I've always used the reference when I'm when talking about the idea of the Lord Jesus Christ um redeeming and setting us free is that we need to know somebody on the inside you, you don't just nobody just waltzes in right i had a friend years ago that had was in charge of some stuff for country music group rascal flats and he got me in through the back gate with a vip lanyard and we got all full access to everything i said if i had tried that on my own if i tried to walk through that back gate on my own there would have been some problems. Mm -hmm. They would have shut me down quickly and maybe even escorted me out, maybe hurt me physically just to get me out of the place. But because I knew somebody on the inside and more importantly, somebody on the inside knew me and cared enough to give me a gift, I had access. It's Romans 5, right? Romans 5 tells us because we, we've, we've gained access through faith. And it's in faith in who? Me? You? No, faith in Christ and Christ alone. And so we have to have this mentality that that it's Jesus who is the one who is in charge. And we we don't he doesn't need to catch up to us. We've got to figure out a way. Okay, what do we need to do? And Jesus how, is God, we're not. Yeah. End of it. And by the way, I don't know if you've seen it, there's an alternative video on the I just saw it and this it's, morning. He saves us. He doesn't it's and they feature Laura Perry. I have had her on the podcast. Great. And great. they feature Rosaria Butterfield, who's a rock star. We've had her speak at Oklahoma Westland. Rosaria was a radical lesbian. She wrote the policies for Syracuse. This is she created the monster that we're having to deal with right now. But years ago she came to Christ and she speaks the truth into this particular issue. Uh, and confronts the lie that she's Isn't her husband or Presbyterian yes. minister. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Rosario's on that. Laura Perry's on that video. Um, there's a former KKK guy on that video, yep. a former uh, Muslim terrorist on that video. All of them have been redeemed by Christ. They've been saved by Jesus. He didn't get their terrorism. He didn't get their lesbianism. He didn't get their transgenderism. He confronted it and he fixed it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. He convicted, confronted. Love it. So great. So um, you're going to, if people want to find out where you're speaking or if they want to invite you to come speak at their event, how um, do they get a hold of you? They can go to DrEverettPiper.com. That's D-R as in doctor. And then Everett Piper, I'll spell it out for you. E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. -E -E so it's Dr. D-R EverettPiper.com. That's my website. On that website, you'll find how to access my books. The national bestseller is now to daycare. The sequel to that is Grow Up. Uh, you can access all of my archived issues or articles for the Washington Times. You can access all of my archived rebellion podcasts and radio shows. And you can also uh, click on a schedule me to speak uh, tab on my website. And if you want me to speak at your church or a political event, 
I'd be honored. I was just up in Michigan speaking at some stuff up there. I'm scheduled to speak at a conference in Cincinnati coming up soon. And as I said, I'm going out to Cal Calvary Chapel in Chino Hills to speak at Jack Hibbs's place. I'm just saying, if you need a guy to carry your bags and, and just be and, your, you know, and, be your entourage, I, I'm available. Okay. I could make it work. <laughs> you're, you're, you're pushing the budget. Pushing the budget. Come on, Jack. Jack, let me in, bro. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'd be honored to speak at any of your events. And uh, if you want to follow radio or if you want to follow, follow my written commentary, you can do so there. Fantastic. Well, thanks for being here. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. Good to see you. You too.